a special occasion. I do not have a beer tonight. I have a little glass of scotch. Oh, getting older. Rugged. Rugged. Approaching 29. Uh, you got any any soda in that beast? <laughs> I got some ice. I might have to make another run at that. I was too young the first time I tried. I'm back. I'm trying it again. I'm, I'm back on it. I, I'm like, you know what? A grown man's got to do a grown man thing every now and then. Did something just shatter in your kitchen? Did something just shatter out there? Okay. Is that a yeah? It was a no. series on the web.com podcast i was just looking at the schedule and i didn't even realize time has flown by and there are not many more teams left to cover there's only 12 i guess so that leaves only three more teams on the schedule uh behind the curtain 2023 I mentioned last week, we're going to have to change the order a little bit. If you were expecting to hear from Colin on the dynasty team, you will be maybe, maybe disappointed, but I don't think so because we have a very special guest this week moving up in the order just slightly is the man, the myth, the co-commissioner, the two time web.com champion, Frazier of David Wilson, Batman. Howdy. But on the other side, the, <laughs> nerves, the, other side, the nerves never fail. I mean, you <laughs> hop on every every week and it's just like just riding a bike. But this this one specifically gets the juices flowing a little bit. You just get taken out of your element. Yep. You're, you're not asking the questions. You're here. You know, you got to answer for yourself this week. And mm-hmm. so... You took me on a journey. It was a storytelling masterpiece that you put together for the Moneymakers edition. So I'm trying to return the favor. I have a little bit of a journey to take you on today. I hope you're ready for that. I'm pooping my pants. Pooping <laughs> my pants. So you did player movement, trades, how the mm-hmm. team came to be into this rebuild. David Wilson Batman, on the other hand, is entrenched in the rebuild. You've been at this thing for a couple years now, and I want to spend a lot of time talking about the draft, both past, present, and future. We'll obviously talk a little bit about the 2022 season and some other things you have going on, but when I was putting this together, a lot of draft stuff stuff came out, so we're going to we're gonna spend some time talking about that. Um, And we're going to start with the 2022 draft. We're going to go all the way back. So you moved down the board uh, pre-draft. You moved down that one spot. We talked about that Mm -hmm. trade. You moved from six to seven. Uh, Two-parter, what was the strategy there? And before you made that trade, or maybe even after, did you consider moving up? Because I know you were a fan of some of the guys uh, at the top of the board in the class. Um, 
God, it's been a while already. I'm trying to remember my <laughs> right. my thoughts. Um, I never, I wasn't like ever feeling aggressive enough on any of the guys to move up at the point where I did that move down from six to seven trade. I also wasn't really looking to move down either. It was just kind of, I was sitting there just holding that spot at six. Um, I ended up liking Drake London enough by draft night that I was like ready to do, to make an offer. It had Mingo not taken him. Um, but at that moment, I don't remember feeling like that. Like I ended up feeling on Drake London. So there wasn't really anyone at the top that I was looking to get. I liked where I was at at six, but then I just remember Mingo coming along and offering seven. And I think like a, I mean, a pretty good second. It was like a mid-second, if I remember right. And I'm just like, I'm just going to move down one spot. I, I don't have any like hard feelings about these guys. I'm just going to take this second, move down one spot, um, and then we'll go from there. It was kind of just the mango came. I found out a couple weeks ago that this was part of positioning himself for <laughs> the guy I later mentioned um, that I wanted to move up for in the draft. But uh, Mingo came out aggressive, made a great offer to move up one spot. So I'm just like, all right, I'm taking this. Um, it's been kind of the motto with the rebuild is just wait for the opportunities to present themselves. And that was one of them. That is a big theme when we look at this team in terms of draft movement, draft pick movement, a lot of trades down. We're going to talk about those and we're going to talk about another one right now, because when you got to draft day, you're sitting at seven. It was sort of discussed that it was possibly a seven-player tier. You just mentioned you you did consider, and I think you've talked about this briefly before, a possible move up the board. But once Drake London went off at three, that was sort of out of the picture. And then you decide to move down again and fall to eight, where you select Sky Moore. So uh, was that something that, you know, going into the night you kind of had on your radar? You thought maybe I'll, if, if the value's there, I'll try to move back? Or was that a spur of the moment thing? That was definitely, I mean, it was probably half and half. I liked, I I had a board that had a lava higher than Sky, which is, <laughs> looking back on it now, it, it hurts a little bit. Um, but, like, I had Sky in a similar tier. So it was another case of Parker... He, he came at me aggressive, wanted to get a lave, picked up another mid-second in that. Um, had Sky not gone to the Chiefs, I probably liked the lave enough more than him to just stay there. But I I liked Sky, the pro or the prospect, enough that the possibility of him booming on the Chiefs and with Mahomes and that um, type of upside felt like a swing that I wanted to take. Um I he was probably in the conversation at at seven, even though I was kind of set on Olave going into the night. Um, he was someone I had put a lot of thought into at seven. So moving back to eight, picking up um, an extra mid second there again and then drafting Sky, who I liked a lot as well. Um, I I knew this was going to be a hot topic on the on the draft pod. I think I would do it all over again. There you <laughs> so, go. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's always a good feeling when you can just say, you know, the process was right. The process mm -hmm. was good. Yep. And I'll give you an opportunity to speak about Sky Moore in just a second. But before we get there, I want to talk about a very interesting situation that happened that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. 
You selected Kyle Hamilton at 18th mm-hmm. overall, which is the highest that a DB has ever been selected in web. So you go out, you make this sort of groundbreaking move for a prospect that we expected that to happen with. Uh, and then you immediately traded him to the dynasty team. You got some value back there. So walk us through that. I mean, what was Kyle Hamilton, a target of yours? Was that a value pick? And then, you know, was the deal just more value? Uh, he, he wasn't <laughs> specifically a target. I've done a lot of thinking on my DB strategy, which is why he was quickly moved. Um, and there was a, a lot of beers playing into <laughs> account and in, in the second round that I had been aggressively trading into, um, even though I just remember thinking it was a mess. Um, yeah, I was sitting there draft night 18 and looking at some of these names that went after. I It seems like it might have been the right move, even if I was a little bit inebriated. Um, see Damian Pierce there. But other than that, um, I, don't, I just remember like not being excited about a lot of these guys. And it was like, all right, DB, let's do it. He's got the, the draft pedigree. He was um, a hot prospect for... I, two or three years he was like potential top five pick um had that pedigree didn't end up going that high but i was like this is going back to some of my db or my defense idp strategy getting the studs and then filling the rest out on waivers i kind of stuck to that on that one i was like i'm gonna get this guy in with this mid-second and then we'll just see what go what happens hopefully he's an elite nfl player and he should be a steady rock for me um and then colin like I don't know what was that two days later maybe from the draft just Wasn't like much time yeah just came he offered up his second which at that point I was like I think this is going to be a pretty early second I can take this mid second I had at the time it seemed like a better class to 2023 um like I added a late third to just to get it done to get his second and that was that Kyle Hamilton see ya out the door buddy <laughs> um but yeah deep DB specifically, I mean, I've done a lot of like thinking on them. I think they might be, oh, I'm not going to put any, any capital into them ever again. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very volatile. It's, it's mm-hmm. very risky. Um, but yeah, we'll always be remembered. David Wilson, Batman legend, Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> at the, so, the pictures with the jersey number one out there like oh look at yep. that like the like in the the nba trades when they do the trades we still put on the same hat yep yep it's like the trivia question like what what uh, team drafted kyle hamilton it's like the dynasty team right no no, no it wasn't no nope. uh well let's we're gonna stay on the topic but let's transition a little bit into what we saw from some of these players and here's that opportunity to speak a bit about sky Moore. but i'm also going to give you the chance to speak about your other first round selection you take sky Moore at eight but you end up adding christian watson at the tail end of the first round as well and it was role reversal man christian watson has this incredible season you know, had he kind of started a little bit earlier, he's certainly in the mix for uh, rookie of the year. Um, so, again, two-parter, start with Watson. Are you confident that he can continue to be this sort of player in the post-Rogers era of Green Bay and and be a, a you know big piece of this wide receiver unit that you've built? And 
Can Sky Moore be a piece for this team moving forward? Has he been written off too soon? Yeah, with Watson, um, this is why you, you just got to get to the plate multiple times and you just you take your swings <laughs> yeah. because he he definitely softened the blow of the Sky Moore whiff um, at eight to have that to double down on the receivers, take him at 12. Um, I think he looked like I wasn't too high on him. He kind of fell to a point where I kind of was just like, all right, I just got to take him. Um, didn't start out that hot, but um, he looked amazing um, just watching him with Packers games. A lot of the underlying stats look good. I saw one that he was like second in yards per route run um, after that, after he got healthy. Um, the rest of the year, and uh, he's literally Randy Moss as well, so that's <laughs> huge. Um, <laughs> Big development. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely, he looks like a potential stud. He's a guy that, um, there's a part of me, it was like, all right, you weren't high on this guy going into the year, so I did, I did a lot of research on him as a potential guy that i could look at maybe flipping um after his rookie year he built that value maybe flip this guy you didn't have a huge um profile or prospect grade on um after the rookie year but i came away from that thinking like this is a guy that i think i'm just gonna slot in to that wide receiver two role i mean he literally made the season like bearable for me at the end as i was losing all those games watching him explode um he's a guy that I have already like talked with some other teams about which prompted this research. So he was on the table as far as maybe moving up in the draft, um, ended up deciding not to. So we're, we're putting a lot of faith in, in Watson. I think he he's a potential stud, even with Jordan love moving in. Um, obviously how good love is, is going to play a big factor too, but I think he's worth the risk. Sky Moore. Uh, <laughs> Didn't go as well. Um, and he, I think he's going to be a great case study because the, the dynasty community as a whole is really like transitioned into this, um, this like face planning rookie type thing where if this rookie doesn't perform out of the gate, um, it's generally a bad sign, which I think the data backs that up. But um, it's gotten to the point where everyone's so in on it that everyone rushes to write these players off that their dynasty value is just shot. And you're just, I don't want to say stuck with them, but you're at to a point where the, the face planning thing made sense when these guys would hold their value a little bit more in the community. And now it's kind of swung the other way where they lose their value so quick that you just kind of have to stay on them. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to trade like sky more for a, a third or a late third or anything like that i think he's got more potential than that even though he had a rough rookie year um and he is still on the chiefs the reason i ended up making that trade he is still with mahomes if he does figure it out that's a huge huge value boost as well with that quarterback in place so it was a rough rookie year he wasn't good um i'm gonna come right out and say it receipt me um do it all he wasn't good um but I'm not writing them off. I think there was enough bright spots, specifically in the playoffs. Sky Moore touched Super Bowl touchdown scorer. People forget. People um, forget, man. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the the Kadarius Tony Sky Moore little rivalry here. I I love being on the Sky Moore side. I I I'm passionate about it. <laughs> so, um, we're in a spot where we don't. I don't need him to to be. 
I think that there's enough assets around Watson's emergence. I'm not like relying on him to be a key piece. So um, whatever happens, happens with him. I'm, I'm, I'll be happy if he's good. I'll be content if it, it just fades away. Certainly helps when you build a very nice wide receiver room. Don't need to rely on your eighth overall selection necessarily. Let's talk about one last player from the 2022 draft class that you had. Tell me what you will remember most about Tyler Algier. Like <laughs> a funeral. I should have prepared something. <laughs> Eulogy. Oh, Tyler Algier. What a pick. Um, don't remember making it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gone at that point. Woke up with him on my team. Um, but. Something about those late round running backs. You can hit on them, but they're they'll have that the that production for about a year, maybe two if you're lucky, and then they just get replaced. I mean, it it happens time and time again. So much so that throughout the whole year, I just assumed he was getting replaced by someone. So I never like fully bought in. So I'm kind of just back to where I always was at with Algier. I never, I literally, I mean. If I was in a, a less sharp league than Webb, I would have maybe put some effort into trading him. Didn't try. I was just like, this is pointless. He's a <laughs> he's a fifth round running back. I'm not, what am I going to sell him for a fourth while he's putting up? I mean, 154 points last year. This, I mean, that's pretty good. He made my lineup look a little more respectable. Um, yeah, that was that. I, ne- I never bought into Tyler Algier, so, I mean, I wasn't actually very sad when Bijan got picked there. Um, but rest in pe- peace. Rest in peace. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> well, let's talk about 2022 for a second. Uh, one big storyline with Dave Wilson, Batman, that was dabbling in the occult. <laughs> Do you plan to continue to use the dark arts in 2023 and beyond? Yes. <laughs> I not only do I plan on it, I plan on broadening my horizons. <laughs> I was just div- dabbling the feet in into the water there um, last year. Um, I have been doing some research on more gifts that I can find on Twitter. I mean, usually I would find these on a whim um i'm gonna do some research and i'm gonna have great gifts all set to go um and i'm gonna have plenty of rookies that i think are gonna need some dark arts um, or satanic summonings so this will continue been spending his off season on location throughout central europe visiting different shamans and <laughs> altars i love it yep mm-hmm um, all right. Well, 2022, you finish three and 11. Obviously it's not a great season. You mentioned, you know, you lose a lot of games through the second half during that pack five schedule this year, but there were some encouraging performances and, and you did get labeled throughout the season as kind of a scrappy team, a team that was capable of scoring 200 points. So how did you feel about this season? Was it what you expected going into the year? Is this where you thought you'd be in the rebuild? 
Yeah, I would say it was likely a three. It was a three-year plan on the rebuild, and I would say, I mean, year two going into it, this was like the Bijan year. Um, I knew that when I broke it down already. Was like, all right, Bijan, you're gonna your team's gonna be kind of taken apart while you go for Bijan here. So year two, um, I don't think I could picture going better than your team performing well enough to make you feel good about it but still losing games (laughs) so that was the beautiful part i think had parker not just tore it down i was so close to Bijan. um that was parker's uh unexpected tear down even though i think it was the right thing to do um ended up just holding that one team in front of a perfect this plan still going perfectly um but We'll see. We we're sitting at three. Um, but yeah, going back to 2022, I can't picture a rebuilding year going better than um, your team showing signs of the future, showing signs of being scrappy even at the moment and still losing games. I was very happy down the stretch. Yeah, hell yeah, man. We'll talk about you know what's coming up next, and we'll start at the draft. Uh, we're moving from our 2022 draft cycle into where you kind of are now and where you were coming out of the season. So um, you've been active, man. You've, you you mentioned, you know, you have that number two overall selection and you end up moving down. You move out of this quote-unquote top tier and you earn Carter's first in the process. But then you're not done. Wait a minute. He trades back into this top tier to get to not two, but now three. So what, what is the wizardry there? Was that a plan? Were you like manipulating the board or was it just, you know, deals come? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a combination of all of that. I mean, I, I mean, sitting at two for the last, like basically since that pick got assigned but not before i could start negotiating by the league rules after that nice um i've been working carter as far as one i've made a lot of uh what i thought were very strong offers um it turns out he had certain feelings about a player that he let me just put an offer in my inbox and let it sit there forever um and Continue. I mean, I continued to make strong offers with this player. So this was a month-long process all down the drain here. Um, during Carter's pot, I heard that. So, but made a lot of strong offers for number one. It just wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. I accepted that. Um, I think I made one last offer before the draft, and that was that. Then um, a couple days later, I get a trade offer in my sleeper inbox from Carter, and I was jumping for joy on my way to the app i was like i'm getting Bijan. i'm getting <laughs> Bijan, and then i'm like oh it's just five and i at that point i hated five i did not like five um told carter i was like i don't like five but his 2024 first was sitting there um and i'm like i'll think about it though uh actually he offered his 25 first and then i countered the 24 first so that's what it was um yep. So he took it. It was just something that um, fell into my lap again. I mean, I was just taking these opportunities. I wasn't going out and seeking it. And I was like, I like the players here at two and three, but I'm not going to pass up a chance to um, 
get the type of asset that I could potentially get by moving down a tier in the 24, um, in that 24 first for Carter's, which I think was going to be pretty early still at this point. Um, so I go down to five, not really with a plan. So now I'm sitting at five looking at what I'm going to get here for a few days and then, um, draft rolls around and then Gibbs goes a lot higher than we expected. Um, Jackson Smith, new Jigba. Um, he goes to what I think is a good spot, um, with Lockett potentially being a free agent. So little, little buzz that, uh, Mango's bachelor party. And I'm like, I'm getting back up into, into three. And I kind of, even when I was sober, I was like, I need to get back up into that tier. I liked both of those players. I just need to get one of them. Um, so I, I, aggressively go after Colin and make a big trade to get back up in the tier um, and end up, I still, I feel pretty good about it, even though a lot of it was done, not connected to each other. I'm um, just kind of on a whim on their own. Um, the fact that I, I upgraded Calvin's first, which I think that's a pretty strong team going into next year. Still a lot of great people in that starting lineup into Carter's first for the cost of what ended up being two seconds. Um, I'm, betting on myself that I have those teams pinned right enough that I would make that trade on draft day two seconds to move up from Calvin's to Carter's first. And at this point, we just got to let it play out and um, I'm back in the tier. Get one of Gibbs or uh, Jackson. Yep. So, I mean, uh, amazing analysis of a, of a maestro at work there, finding value and then still making the aggressive push to get into a premium player in this class. And if it goes how we expect at a position of need. So big time there and adding Carter's first in the 2024 draft. And then, you know, you trade Calvin. So you still have a net of four firsts next season. Now we've seen a lot of your sort of counterparts here, teams that we've talked to and will talk to make moves, make moves toward next season, this season, 2023. So you look at those four firsts that you have, you look at this premium piece you have coming in at, at three and you have, you know, five total picks, I believe in the top 15 or something like that. I mean, you got a lot of young capital coming in this year. Do you think or do you plan to use those 24 firsts to start making some buyer moves potentially soon? <sighs> that's a that's a tough question. That's a question I, I think a lot about. It's probably going to depend on how this offseason develops. I'm, I don't picture myself getting um, aggressive like Colin has here in the offseason. Um, I think it's going to depend a lot on how what rookies I get here, how the, the off season and training camps and preseason develop for those guys, how that starting lineup is looking into the year. Um, and I think a big part of it is going to depend on once we get into those early season games, the wins and the losses start going on the board. There's too many teams right now that um, are trying to compete. And I, I really think there's going to be opportunities for teams that are looking to um, they're not feeling great about their teams. Maybe they start 0-2, 0-3, 1-3, something like that. Maybe they're older. Um, I think there's going to be opportunities at that point to buy buy these players um, probably just as cheap, and there might be more opportunities for better players as there is now when those opportunities arrive. So 
going to depend on how my team looks and how that how the league develops cuz i really think there's a few teams that might be looking to do one of those retool rebuilds that we've seen some teams um make over the over the past couple years um i think the basically your situation last year the teams that i might be trying to pick off some people um from going into the year so we're going to take it uh week by week um Got a lot of ammo to make moves for players that I want to as the opportunities arise. Uh, definitely picture myself manipulating this draft board a little bit, maybe picking up some production, moving down some those types of moves, maybe cheap, low-key production that could um, supplement uh, the rest of the team at maybe running back um, to kind of bridge that gap. Um, so we'll see. Not Year three, not looking to make aggressive moves but if the rebuild gets accelerated by one more year we'll never know i'm all, I'm always big game hunting i'm always keeping my eye out cool calm and collected this man is not going to do anything rash and that's scary for web i think um well i just misspoke you have four picks in the top 15 of this class obviously starting at three but then another first rounder and two at the very top of the second round. Uh, what is the plan for those picks right now? We we know what you're thinking at three, but the rest of it, are there players, positions of need? Are you looking to make, you just kind of alluded to this, but anything, you know, moves wise that you've, that you've explored thus far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three kind of just hanging out there. I liked, uh, I had pre-draft grades. I think I had, Smith and Jigba a little bit higher than Gibbs. Um, Gibbs kind of even that out in the draft, so just kind of content there with what falls to me. Um, the rest of it's going to be real interesting because um, seven, kind of in my head, that seems like a weird, weird spot where I could kind of take um, players that maybe were going to go higher or falling that I'm not huge on, or people like... Uh, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about Kincaid there um, recently at seven. I mean, a potential elite uh, tight end prospect on the Bills excites me. Um, Raleigh was throwing around the Anthony Richardson name. I think that's a name you could pick there and be perfectly fine with. Um, it really just depends on it falls. I would like to pick up some running backs and make um, the team respectable this year kind of playing into the we'll see what happens but um seven's just an interesting spot i mean charbonnet is probably going to be there that would be interesting too i think there's a lot of different directions i can go at seven um looking at those two early seconds i have kind of going back to playing out like a mock in your head i like i still like some of those people but the people i've talked about at seven are probably all going to be gone so you kind of move into a different tier where there's a few i like a few i don't like so we're going to see how that how that falls on draft night got some some ideas in my head of trades i could make that i've talked about um with some people so probably going to hold it and see how it develops but um i could definitely see myself in reference to that trade down for production, that being a spot that uh, that could potentially happen. And yeah, it looks like after 14, I don't pick until 38. So there's going to be a huge difference in uh, my 
mental capabilities between those two picks. So I there's there'll be no plans for 38. I probably won't remember taking whoever I picked there. And it'll be like you know Chase Brown, and he'll be Tyler Algier, and then you know just yep. keep that rolling. I'll just, so. Yep, I'll just sit on him for a year, and then I'll get they'll draft uh, Braylon Allen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, so you've you've mentioned this a couple times already, a three-year plan. So this is going to be year three, 2023. Mm-hmm. So take us through high level, big picture. How has this rebuild gone? Has it been, you know, kind of as expected as you move into 2023? Do you view this team as ready for the last phase of this rebuild? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely ready. I think it's gone about as good as it possibly could have gone. Um, even though I have kind of whiffed on some few some few high picks, which is never good. Um, but year one, I thought the the breaking down of the team went really really well, considering where I started from. I think I talked about this in that pod that I didn't start with as much assets as Tim did when he broke his down. It was a little bit I was probably one year after that, so I had to kind of be creative. I wasn't able to get myself in the upcoming draft, that 2023 draft like Tim was able to for his 2022 draft. So I had to get the 2024 firsts however I could. A lot of them were just players that I that are producing, like Mike Williams, um, Elijah Mitchell, Mark Andrews, where I'm taking the chance and flipping them for one first. Um just to build that cupboard because I'm, I don't have these players on the roster that I can trade for two first. So I think that went really well. The, um, capitalizing immediately on my, my Jamar pick was huge to get that stud in the lineup. That's just makes everything look a little bit better. Um, trading for Burrow, getting that stack in place. I mean, I like how, how all of it's gone. Um, Yeah. That's, I think it's all going according to plan. And if year three is going to stay on plan, the team's probably going to get into that, uh, that average war plus I'm shooting for a zero this year. Um, and maybe get a little frisky. And if we, if the league develops, right, I think the plan could be sneaking into a wild card spot. Um, and yeah, and hitting on, hitting on some more people and letting these, the starting lineup develop, um, is going to be the theme of the year. Well, 2023 then. Did I just hear wild card potentially? Mm-hmm. You're shooting for it, man, huh? Yep. All I, right. I think if the rest of the team, like last year, it was, it was, I liked how the defense developed. They still weren't great stat wise, but I think they're going to take a step forward. And I think the rest of the offense, even though I barely had any running back production until Algier kind of turned it on. Um, I think that was later, like week 10, even though the rest of the year, I pretty much had nothing at running back. I think it performed well enough that if I start to get average play out of the running back, I think that this is a team that can start to put up points that can get me wins um, enough to where I could flirt with that wild card spot. And I have ammo to make moves if I, if I picture, if I picture myself actually making it, um, ideally I want to make it to the wild card game with all four firsts and then do a Caleb run and win the league with four firsts next year. <laughs> um, so that would be the final, that would be the end game of the plan. <laughs> Ooh. 
gets me fired up hearing about David Wilson Batman re-entering the playoff picture, getting this thing back. You take you take a little hiatus, man, but you've you've just talked about it. It's gone very well, and you know things are trending in that direction. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what this year looks like, and then what you're able to do with that massive group of firsts that you have coming up in 2024. And I tell you, man, the the dopamine of making buyer moves, it's way more fun. You stress <laughs> about it way less for some reason. I would it's, sit there. It's true. Yeah, I would sit there and ponder my seller moves so much and stress myself out about them so much. The buyer moves are like crack. You, <laughs> you just do it and then you feel amazing in the moment. And then like couple hours later you're like oh shit but but you don't tell anybody that you're feeling really bad um but the the thoughts even like i mean tim Devontae adams tweeting about him all day i'm just like "Mm, Devontae adams (laughs) (laughs) it's so real man you're just you're so afraid to lose value when you're selling like could Mm -hmm. i have gotten more you know am i doing the best when you're buying man it's like Take a first, man. Yeah. Let's make throw, this. Let's make this team better. <laughs> throw throw another one on there, yeah. Colin. I'll, yeah, I'll throw this second in to move back up to three on top of this future first as well to move up yeah. two spots. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, you just heard it. A lot of draft capital, big time journey that David Wilson Batman has been on here in terms of adding to this team, building a new version of a team with a championship pedigree behind it. Uh, pleasure speaking to you. And I got to turn it over to you, man. You're pretty familiar to the to the platform and the power that goes with it. But get, take your opportunity to say whatever you'd like to me, the league, and the world. <sighs> I I think this is the probably the question that I get the the nerves that I mentioned earlier for because it's just like this is the question I think about the most like what am I gonna say to the people this year um and as always uh, great league I think Riley I don't remember exactly what he said but I think it was um I'm it's on an honor to be one twelfth of it um the the passion behind it um really makes it great makes it just so a a step above so big of a step above any other league. Um, so that being said, I do want to, now that I'm getting back into the playoff picture and like, I can think about it, I can think about rivalries again. Um, I was, uh, Mr. Nice, Mr. Nice guy. I'm just going to sit back and watch the last two years. Talk about that a lot. I've enjoyed it. I think I needed those two years (laughs) off, but now I'm refreshed and I want to, I want to make a, make some rivalries happen again. I'm going right back after Tim. Uh, that's the that's the first thing um, I want to have my team in a position to ruin his life um, that he once again can't get a championship before David Wilson Batman is right back haunting his dreams. Um, same goes for Dave. Um, I want to uh, have my team back stepping on his throat before he can get a title. Um, these are the these are the goals right now. Um, so Dave, Tim coming for you, Caleb. You lucked out. You got that title. Um, congrats, buddy. Tim and Dave, I want to step on your throats. I want to demoralize you. Um, that's it. We're back this year. Unbelievable, man. The man is coming for his 
pack five and you heard it here first. Wow. I got chills, man. I got chills right now. Whew. I'm shaking. Well, <laughs> I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, obviously amazing conversation. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll hear from you shortly, potentially after some major life events happen. That's the beauty of web. We get to share those moments as well as these fantasy football moments together. So looking forward to that, obviously. Uh, but thanks for taking the time to jump to the other side. And yeah, you, you did great. If you were nervous, I couldn't tell at all. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciated the journey. It really tied together nicely. Um, we'll be printing the DWBM onesies here shortly. So place your orders. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we only have now two more of these suckers before we're getting into full on draft season. And uh, the dynasty team will have his moment next week. He is up. There is an entire uh, response to Riley's pod that we're awaiting from the dynasty team. So very excited to hear that and to hear about the things that have been going on. Very very crazy and busy off season for the dynasty team. So yeah. looking I, I, forward to it. Yeah. I forgot to mention that the dynasty team just laying down and letting me take his spot. I mean, pretty soft. Don't you think? <laughs> no, no fight whatsoever. No hey, fight. Who, who let this guy in here? Nope. <laughs> okay. He's having a baby. We get it. All right. Well, until that point, let's make it a great week. <laughs>